Welcome to another powerful word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Are you ready for the word? Amen. Well, we're going to be going to John chapter 12 in a moment, but uh, today we're going to be talking about treasure with trouble. Treasure with trouble. Oh, what in the world does that mean? We'll see in a moment. I want to encourage you as well, if you did not get to hear, we're not here or we're not watching online for our last Wednesday evening service of, uh, of February the 2nd. Uh, 2022, then, then take time this week to go online, if you would, to our app or cotr.com. Go online, if you would, and watch this past Wednesday evening. We talk about the fear of God. It's a two-part series, part one this past Wednesday evening, part two this Wednesday evening. You need two parts. You need both parts to understand what God is saying. But our nation and this generation has lost its fear of God, and we are needing to understand how God uh, interacts with us and and and. and the fear of God is a very important factor in our lives. And so um, please, uh, you know, take time to do that if you would. And then uh, uh, should the Lord tarry and all things continue as they will, uh, then I'll, I'll be here Wednesday night uh, and sharing part two on the fear of God. Okay? Uh, our first point for today, we're going to share three things today. I'm going to share three things with you today. Uh, first thing I'm going to share with you is the word of God. And uh, the Word of God, our point, our first point for today is that the fear of man brings a snare. Oh, there's that word fear again. But the fear of man brings a snare. And let's read from the passage in the Gospel of John that confirms this truth. And um, this event happened just prior to Jesus having the Last Supper with his disciples in Jerusalem. He had been in Jerusalem. He was going to be crucified now in just about you know, a day and a half. And he's, he's been interacting with, with religious leaders and with important people and, and with, with the poor and the needy. He's just in Jerusalem meeting needs. And there's an observation that, that, that John, the, the, the disciple John, the apostle John, has here in John, the 12th chapter, uh, verse 42. He says this, Nevertheless, even among the rulers... Many believed in Jesus, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. My goodness. Wow. Uh, doesn't sound like anything that would be going on in our day, of course. So, but let me tell you about their day. In their day, there was an observation made here by the apostle in realizing that many of the leaders, many of the rulers, many people in charge, many important people, many of the people who would have been in that day in the religious political leadership, which were the you know the law, the, the you know the, the the judges and the you know uh, the, the, the 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 important people. They believed in Jesus. They believed in him, but yet they would not confess him publicly. They would not identify with him publicly because they loved the praises of men more than the praises of God. And they had a concern that to identify with Jesus might cost them something. Well, 
Proverbs 29, 25 says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. You know, we need to trust in the Lord more than we are concerned about our reputation, or even our jobs, even our positions, our power. You know, because God gives us greater opportunity than any of these earthly things could give us. You know, uh, uh, Proverbs 15, verse 6, 16, rather, says this, Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. That's where I got my message from, the title, Treasure with Trouble. Better is a little. Everybody say, a little. Okay, I know this goes against our American dream theology, by the way. You all know American dream theology, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, right? Whereas, you know, the theology of the Bible is take up your cross, you know, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him. It's kind of two different sides of the coin. And it's not that he doesn't want us to do well. We'll talk about that in a moment. But the fact of the matter is that we can not let the fear of man govern us because it will bring a snare to us. And it is better to just have a little whenever you have, whenever you're respecting and reverencing and in awe and trusting in God than it is uh, to have a lot of treasure and end up treasure with trouble. These men didn't have a great position. They didn't have great power. They didn't have great prosperity. These men who, I, who, who were afraid to confess Jesus, they believed, but they were really afraid to act like it, live like it, identify with it. They were really afraid on their jobs to be a follower of Jesus, to be a supporter of Jesus. I mean, why were they afraid? Because they were afraid they would lose their power, their prosperity, their position. You know, but they didn't have power. They didn't have prosperity. They didn't have position. It had them. Oh, that's good. Yeah, of course you all know that stuff. We, we, we talk about it all the time. Our second truth for today, which we'll connect, involves giving. Now, there are a lot of things that we can give. Of course, giving ourselves to the Lord. But today, in that once-in-a-five-year moment... I'm going to talk about giving in respect to our money. Some people have great problems with the prosperity message. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But number two, God has chosen and destined you to be rich. You may as well buy into it. You may as well believe it. You have a destiny in Christ to be rich. God's chosen you. You didn't choose him, he chose you. And he chose you and destined you to be rich. As I said, many people have great problems with what is called a prosperity message. But please realize there is often a great difference between the message of God and what people hear and what people do with what they hear. Okay? Uh, uh, at times the listeners hear the words, but they miss the message. Uh, uh, just a few days before John saw these rulers in Jerusalem refuse to identify with Jesus because they were afraid of the Pharisees, afraid of losing their power, their position, their prosperity. It was just a few days, maybe, maybe seven days before that event that John talks about. Jesus and the disciples were walking to Jerusalem 
on the way to Passover, and they came very near the town of Jericho, and they encountered another ruler, another Pharisee, another very important and very wealthy man. This man came running to Jesus. He had a question to ask Jesus. Jesus, you know, what do I need to do to actually get into the kingdom of God and actually be a part of all that's going on? What do I need to do to join Team Jesus? You know, well, uh, Jesus told him, uh, uh, Mark, the 10th chapter, verse 21. Then Jesus, looking at this Pharisee, this religious leader, we call him the young rich ruler. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up your cross and follow me. Well, you know, that's not the most popular message, by the way. You know, and... and it was a message from Jesus anyway. But the man heard the message. He, he heard the words, but he missed the message. What he heard perhaps was give up what you have. Jesus said give to, not give up. Jesus said, I have some real riches. I have some treasure without trouble that I will invest in you. And not only will I bless you in this life, but also in the life to come. And, and this young man just basically, the Bible says, he went away sorrowful because he had a lot of money and he could not imagine you know, supporting the work of Jesus to that degree. That was unimaginable. That just can't happen. You know, however, listen, this man missed it. No telling how rich he would have been in this life and in the next life. Think about that. Wow. But the fact is that God is going to make every one of you rich. He is. God will make every one of his children rich beyond their wildest imagination. Listen to me now. This is the prosperity message. And, and, and I believe the prosperity message on steroids. You see, because I have read in the book that I am an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And I know that when I step from this life to the next, I am going to inherit the universe. It's amazing. I'm going to walk on streets of gold and I'll have a mansion that is absolutely beyond comprehension. Eye is not seen and ear is not heard and neither is entered the heart of any man those things which God has prepared for those who love him. But he has revealed them to us by the Spirit. <laughs> God, I'm destined. God has destined me to be rich beyond my wildest imagination. Now, I believe in an eternal message. I believe that everything Jesus did was for an eternal purpose. I know that I am saved today, but I also will really be saved when I get to heaven. I know I am healed today, but I will really be healed when I get to heaven. I know I have joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. It impacts my life today. But one day, joy will be my constant companion, and it will never be tested and cannot be lost. I know the peace of God in this life. I have gotten his peace in this life, and it has impacted my life. But one day, I will be surrounded by a peace, a river that's flowing with peace. And you know, I mean, I believe in the eternal message, and I'm okay 
okay. I could do, you know, the rest of my life on my head in a, in a pond, okay? But I don't have to. Because the fact of the matter is, not only did Jesus give us a picture of an eternal heaven and pay for our eternity, he meant for it to also impact our life today. And he has made a way for us to find peace in the midst of this troubled world. He's made a way for us to find joy in the midst of all of the difficulty and sadness and tragedy. He has given us of his Holy Spirit. He has caused us to realize that we are saved. And I am safe in this life. That even even in this life, the salvation I have received impacts my life today. I'm saved. I have been saved. I am being saved. And one day I will be saved. Glory to God. What God intends for my eternity becomes a reality by faith in my life today. And I want you to know that the path that Jesus has given me the path and the opportunity he's given you is the same path he gave that young rich ruler. It is participate, follow me, support. The same path that those believers in Jerusalem, those Pharisees, he had given them. But they would not identify with him. They would not follow him. They would not join his team. They would not support him. They didn't want anybody to know that they were a part of him and his message going out into all the world. They refused to make his message reach the lost in a greater way so after this Jesus found a man named Zacchaeus in Jerusalem and in Jericho a rich 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 man a notorious sinner and he got him to do the very same thing he was trying to get this young rich ruler to do a spiritual search of the deep things of God reveals that God wants to prosper his children. Do you know that Jesus and the Gospels, they say more about money than about heaven and hell combined? Isn't that amazing? That Jesus taught us more about how to prosper in this life and told us about a prosperity that is beyond our imagination once we leave this life. It's a forever settled, settled fact that you are a child of God. You are destined by God, divinely ordained by God to be rich, not only in this life, but in the life to come as well. And in order to accomplish this work, you know, in order to accomplish what God wants to do in our life, we must follow the law of prosperities. And the law of prosperity requires two things. Number one, that you have faith in the right person. His name is Jesus Christ. It's not Wall Street, okay? It's not retirement fund, okay? It's not, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not you, it's not, uh, you know, uh, it's not Walmart stock, whatever it is, you know? Um, it, 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 it's not in the abundance of the things that we possess, but rather that you have faith, not in your checking account, not in your savings account, but that you have faith in the right place, in the right person, and his name is Jesus, that we trust Jesus even with our money. What would you say if I told you that, that I was going to pray for you? Let me, let me just be honest with you. I'm going to pray for you. I do pray for you, but I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. Don't anyone raise your hand and don't be too quick because there's a hook here and I don't like to fool people. I like to let them know that I'm going to fool them before I fool them, okay? Because I don't need you ever being afraid of me. I don't need you to ever think that I'm going to slip you something and, and, you know, coerce you. So there's a hook here. 
but I want you to listen to me. It's the truth nonetheless. Let me tell you the truth. I'm going to pray for you in a moment, and I'm going to pray that God gives you a million dollars. Now, just answer this in your heart. If I could get God, if my prayers and God's will combined and get God to give you a million dollars, would you give him 10% of it? And maybe a little extra, if I could get God to do that. Would you? Okay, now, think, think about it in your heart, because there's a hook. I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray earnestly, and I'm going to pray that God gives you a million, more than a million. And, and some of you in your heart, you're going, yeah, I'd do that. Okay. I'm going to pray it, and guess what? God's going to do it. Now, I'm a faith preacher. I believe in this. It's going to happen. Okay. And you say you're going to give God 10% and then some extra offerings. I'm going to pray. He's going to do that. Okay. He'll do it. Now, here's the hook. He may do it $100 at a time. To see what you're going to do, you'll keep your end of the bargain. He may do it one paycheck at a time. Because he knows that if you're faithful over a little, you'll be faithful over more. And if you're not faithful over the little, you won't be faithful over more. This is the, this is the law of prosperity. What you do with a little you will do with much. Don't think if I get more, I'll give more. No, you won't. If you get more, you'll spend more. Okay, that's nature. What we are committed to prior to what God begins to bless us with is what we will do with the more that we get. The law of prosperity requires two things, faith in the right person, and number two, works for the right reason. You know, the right reason is to accomplish the purpose of God. We don't give to get. We give so God will get. And God is on the other side of that equation, giving back because he knows what we'll do with more. It's what we did with the little. What you do with what you have absolutely shows. What you do with what you have right now absolutely shows God and shows you what you will do with more. What you do right now with what you have determines what you believe and where your priorities are. That's the reality. Now, God has called us into his kingdom, and we are destined to be rich beyond our wildest imaginations, and we have been given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to be a part of God's plan for him to covenant partner with us in our finances. But it is an important part. You see, tithes and offerings are the will of God. They were the will of God back in Adam and Eve's time. First fruits. That's what, that, that's what it's built on, you know? I mean, in, in Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve's uh, two sons brought, you know, one of them brought an offering that, that God didn't respect. The other one brought their first fruits and God did respect. And then as well, all the way through uh, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And Jacob made a covenant with God 400 years, almost 450 years before the law ever came into existence. People say, well, tithing is a part of the law. Yes, it was. It was so important to Adam and to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob that when the law came along 400 years later, it also was a part of the law because it was a covenant that Jacob made with God on, on the mountain saying, if you bless me, I will make sure that I give you 10% of everything. This is what God had required. So it endured through the law and came out the other side of the law, according to Galatians, the third chapter, telling us that, 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 uh, that we are now under the blessings of Abraham because of what God did through Jesus. 
We're told to honor the Lord with our substance, with the first fruits of all our increase. Galatians, the third chapter, verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. You've been redeemed from the curse of the law, not from the blessings that were the blessings of Abraham that went through the law and came out the other end of the law. And, are, and, and Christ prayed for him. Um, that the blessings, Christ redeemed us so that the blessing of Abraham might come up on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. Amazing, huh? The last writer of the Old Testament a prophet named Malachi was writing prophetically about the church age and about the Messiah. Okay? And as he is writing, and they, they won't hear anything else, we, we, we won't get any other word from God until we get to Jesus. Okay? Malachi, the third chapter, verse 8. Listen to this prophet speak to us about a church age and an age of Messiah. Will a man rob God, yet you have robbed me, verse 8 says in Malachi 3. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Verse 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now. Listen to him. Try me in this. Try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Wow, what an open-ended opportunity for the believer in Jesus Christ. What an open-ended opportunity for that young rich ruler who was a Pharisee, and, and, and his prosperity had him. He didn't, he, he didn't have money. Money had him. You know, he didn't have security. What he imagined was his security had him. He went away sorrowful. Even though he was loved, even though he was instructed, he heard the wrong message. The message he heard is you've got to be poor to follow Jesus. That is not the truth. We are destined to be rich, but... We must have faith in the right person and works for the right reason. We must do what we do to follow the Lord. Such an open-ended opportunity. Try me now, says the Lord, and see if I will not. Fill your barns with plenty, and your presses will burst out with new wine. It's so important to make God your covenant partner in finances. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. And also joining Team Jesus causes this gospel to be taken around the world by the church of the living God. The young rich ruler we read about in Mark 10 could not see beyond his own checkbook. He could not imagine that he was being given such a great opportunity. He is the premier poster child for treasure with trouble. You know, his money kept him out of the will of God. What he had kept him outside of the will of God. You know, several years ago, there was a couple came up in our, in our altar and they needed some finances and I prayed for them to get some finances. Well, it was about three months or so and they ended up getting really seriously blessed to the Lord and both of them got jobs and uh, uh, he became a truck driver 
and, and uh, uh, she got a job here in town, and he would be gone and come back, and, and, and they started making a lot of money. And uh, they were really convicted because I talked to them in the beginning about making sure that they kept God involved in their life and, 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 and supported and kept God as a partner financially. And so they come up and they said, listen, we just got this huge check at the end of the year. It's really, really, really big, and we just, we, we're just having trouble. You know, it, it, it's just really too much. I mean, it's more money. It's, uh, that giving is... It, get, giving this is now more money than we used to make. We never thought we would have this much. Our tithe is now so big, we cannot imagine the church needing that or Jesus needing that. And so, so is there some way that you could pray that we don't have to give this much? And they were being honest. They, you know, they, they, they would be just being honest. And I had heard another preacher say this one time, and so I did the same thing. I'm, 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 I don't mind being a little copycat. So I just laid my I said, sure. I just laid my hand on them. I said, God, would you make them poor again? They went, whoa, get, whoa quit, quit that. I said, well, that's the only way I know that you can give less and it'd be okay with God is for you to just be poor. And they said, no, thank you. I said, okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to say. I thought that was pretty good. I appreciated that other, that other preacher, you know. Are you ready? I'm going to pray for you now for God to give you a million dollars, okay? I'm, I'm, I am, I'm, I'm going to pray this earnestly. Uh, look, if you know me, you know that I say things with a smile, but boy, down, it goes deep down on the inside of me, okay? Uh, I can put a smile on my face and tell you the truth. And the truth is God wants to trust you. He'll need to trust you with what you have. If you want more from God, then the Bible says that give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken, together, and ringing over shall men give into your bosom. And with the same measure you give, it'll be given back into you. There is that man that gives liberally and has more, and there's man that withholds more than he should and tends to poverty. Poverty is a mentality. Prosperity is a mentality. A man's wealth does not consist in the abundance of the things that he possesses. I've learned, you know, how both to abound, the Apostle Paul said, and how to be abased, you know. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm content in whatever state I'm in. But if God demanded every cent that I have today, if God asked me for it, if, if, if I felt like God wanted me to give it, and Brenda sitting there can tell you we have done this more than one time every last cent. We've even sold our cars and given the money away. I don't suggest you do this, okay? This is not a recipe, okay? This is not a, 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 a you know, this is a testimony. It is not a prescription, okay? It's a description. And, but if God required every cent, the moment after I wrote that check, I would feel like the most prosperous man in the world. Prosperity is not consistent in the abundance of the things that you possess. Prosperity is realizing that God is your partner and you are destined to be rich. And he will trust you and entrust to you bless you and make you a blessing he'll give you seed and he'll give you bread don't eat your seed eat your bread sow your seed okay be faithful to god and watch what he will do and get you a storehouse start a savings account if you don't have a savings account you're missing an opportunity for god to bless you if you just put five dollars in it ten dollars in it do it do something put a dollar a week in it do something so that god can bless you in your storehouse and watch what God will do and have a plan for what you're going to do with the extra money because God, you know, you're leaving here on your way to a test, okay? Father, 
In the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone here, Lord, everyone in our congregation online, everyone, Lord, listening to me around the world, Lord, whether I'm their pastor or not, Lord, I pray for those who hear this prayer, God. I ask you, sir, to trust them, Lord, entrust to them, Lord. God, income, jobs, Lord, God, opportunity, Father, blessing, increase, Lord. I ask you, God, to give them, Lord, no less than $1 million, Lord. You know I'm serious about this, sir. And I understand, Lord, it may come a little at a time, God, or it may come lump sum, God. Lord, I pray for you to increase them dynamically, Lord. I pray, God, for you, Father, Lord, to just overwhelm them, God. Lord, with goodness, trust them, sir. Lord, as they trust you and try you and prove you lord and see if you will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out upon them a blessing lord that it seems like god they just got to keep giving it out lord it's just so much god fill their barns with plenty lord and let their presses burst out lord with new wine lord with extra things things lord that 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 that, that are, are lord come from different streams lord i pray financial blessings god on these lord as they father commit their 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 tithes and their offerings to you, sir, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for it, Father. Amen. 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 And don't you ever let somebody else talk you into giving. Don't give by compulsion or by, by you know, b because somebody shows you a picture of, 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 of some poor kid, okay? You listen to God. All right? don't, don't, don't be moved by people, okay? Uh, you listen to God. Because many times when people are praying, they're not praying, they're preaching. Okay, and don't preach when you pray. Okay, there you go for the table today. When you get your family around the table, don't preach when you pray. Pray when you pray. Okay, you're praying to God. If you're praying to other people, open your eyes and say, "Hey, Sam, listen. You know, you're a, you're you know, you're a problem, and you need to change. Don't try to pray him into change, unless you're in your closet by yourself. Well, anyway, that's some good choice. Okay, number three. Okay. <laughs> First, the word. Number two was giving. A third thing we're going to talk about today is how and where do we connect. You know, it's always been hard for some people to join anything. It just has been. We, especially in America and the West, are of an independent sort. And perhaps, perhaps we're a little skeptical and maybe a little bit cynical at times. And it's not unreasonable to check things out before you decide to be a part of it. You don't want to become a part of something that you can't support. While at the same time, we are admonished by God to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Uh, it begins with family. It begins with us being a part. We're born into something bigger than us. We're born into a commitment. We're born into a relationship. We're born into a covenant. And God expects for that to continue. In fact, covenant relationships are the will of God, and covenant means commitment. And, you know, some commitments don't last forever. They aren't designed to last forever. But for the time that you are committed, you need to live that commitment. It means something. It should mean something to us. You know, you may not always be committed to the job that you have. But while you are at that job, be committed. Okay? Because how that place does will determine how you do and how your friends and how your coworkers do. You know, you may not always be committed to a, a certain local church, but while you are committed to that church, be committed to that church. It makes a difference, not only in your life, because how that church goes is how your family will go. And how, you know, uh, th these things are important for us to realize that God wants us to be a 
committed people. Commitments are important. Some commitments last for a lifetime and some commitments don't. It's just the nature of the journey we are on. And so uh, relationships are so very important. And so uh, let's look in John the third chapter at another Pharisee. At another religious ruler for just a moment, okay? Because uh, verse 1 of John 3, uh, you know, says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Here's another ruler, another Pharisee that has power and position and prosperity. But this man is coming to Jesus at nighttime. Why? Because he does not want to be identified as a supporter of this message that's going around to love everybody, care about everybody, help the needy, you know, all, all these things that Jesus was doing that were causing quite a stir. You know, like, like you're all in important to God okay hold on a second aren't we more important no we aren't and so you know here you know God has caused Nicodemus to believe in Jesus he's a believer Nicodemus is going to be the guy that buys the stuff that's going to bury Jesus you know and 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 basically you know uh, uh, all of the 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 the, um, the spices that that go into his tomb he's going to help this other Pharisee, religious guy, that's also afraid to identify with Jesus. What is it about rich people that have a problem, you know, getting on Team Jesus, you know? What is it about people who are people of means? The Bible says it's harder for a rich man to enter into the kingdom than it is a camel to go through an eye of an eagle. Why? Because they trust in their riches. How horrible it is to trust in riches. It'll, riches will pierce you through with many sorrows. You can have treasure with trouble or you can have treasure without trouble. It just depends on who you're going to have in your life as number one. And so here it's evident, it's, it's evident that this man is being drawn by the Holy Spirit and that he believes in Jesus, yet he is unwilling to publicly commit. He never publicly commits to Jesus until after Jesus is dead interesting and this is all the way back in john 3 jesus doesn't die doesn't die until like the 20s you know amazing and 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 uh, uh, number three a successful life will require covenant relationships if you want to be successful going to require some covenant relationships going to require covenant relationships in your family it's going to require covenant relationships on your job i don't mean that you pledge your life's blood to someone i just mean that there is a commitment that's deeper than just a handshake and i'm just here for me it's going to require covenant commitments to a church. It's going to require covenant commitments to a community. You know, our community, our communities here in southeast Texas and wherever you are, do you know they are a reflection of your family? They should be. Be involved. Be connected. I don't mean you have to be, you know, uh, you know in, 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 in some, you know, important position. I just mean that you need to, you know, shop local. I, I don't know, you know, these kinds of things. If you happen to be going out of town this week, buy gas before you go out of town. You know, support your community. Just encourage, uh, you know, people around you. And, you know, and, and, and pray for your leaders. And, you know, just, just uh, you know, a successful life requires covenant relationships. And by the way, you can be rich. You can be stinking rich and still not be successful. I'm not talking about money now. I'm talking about uh, being successful. You know, Please forgive me, God, if I am uh, caging you in any wrong way. I wrestled with this statement for a long time. I wouldn't even put it in red because I didn't want it to burn. But listen, God, God without others is just lonely God. Ooh, Ken, 
That kind of scared me when I first said that yesterday to myself. So I went around the house saying it quite a lot and saying, Lord, please don't fry me, but let me just try to get this under my belt because I looked at it from every angle and realized it's true. God without others is just a lonely God. God didn't want to be lonely. The only thing he's working for is relationships. The only thing he's working for is family. The only thing he'll have left for all of his work on planet Earth is family. Relationships are important. In order for us to be sex, uh, successful, we need to be a person of relationship, respecting relationships, embracing relationships, making relationships, guarding relationships, investing in relationships. Uh, uh, you know, we could read 1 Corinthians. I'm, 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 uh, I'm not going to read it uh, for the sake of time, but in the 12th chapter, it just tells us that we are a many-membered body, the church of Jesus Christ. We are the body of Christ. We're likened to his body. He's the head, we're the body, and, and, and we're many members. But we are joined, as Ephesians 4 says, what, what joins us together to others? It's, it's the relationship glue that each one of us supplies. I have to be willing to supply relationship glue to Eddie. And Eddie, in turn, supplies relationship glue to me so that we fit together as Ephesians says so that we are joined together and compacted strengthened and functioned okay functioning as each one of us contributes to that relationship compacted together you know this is talking about us doing our part for relationship what am I talking about today? Well, you know, again, my one time in, 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 in five years, I, I, I talked about tithes and offerings, and I hit it pretty good. Wasn't that good? That was good, wasn't it? Number two is about church membership. The reason I never talk about church membership is because I'm talking to the wrong people. Never talk, you know, because you're here. But let me tell you, wherever you are in the world, and here as well, you know, uh, find where God wants you. For this season in your life or for a reason in your life and when you find that place get all in you know make a commitment now now if it's if it's family and you know marriage related then, then okay that's that's for life okay there are some lifetime commitments but there are some other commitments that will demand your life for the season that you're there make what you have make the opportunity God has given you today the church that God has so graciously given you to feed you and pray for you and care for you wherever that may be find that place it'll say amen in your heart it'll speak to you and you become a part it's up to you to become a part it's up to you to supply relationship you know uh, hopefully you'll find yourself in a place where others reach out. But if you don't, you be the reacher-outer. That may be why you're there, is to change them just a little bit. Make them better. Make them stronger. Okay? Let me encourage you. Become a part. Become a part of the work of God. And you can do that in a private commitment between you and God, but you can't do it without a public inclusion of yourself in what that family is doing. Okay? It doesn't have to be written on a piece of paper, but it should be written on your heart. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for another exciting message from Pastor Ron Hammonds. 
visit cotr.com and subscribe to all of our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.